When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hi! Hi! Welcome to the Port Charles 411. Today's Port Charles 411 is... so exciting. A couple months ago, I went to a book signing without me. You had something (laughs) going on. I did, but I was still bumbling couldn't go but it's not like I wanted to go without I know, you I was like seriously but... if you get here by now and the unfortunate part is is that it was a home stealer game it was a gorgeous day because Pittsburgh people are crazy and don't go anywhere on stealer day that is correctly the best day to shop Absolutely. or do do any of your errands or whatever because people just stay in for hours at a time or if one of your favorite actors is doing a book signing at a local bookstore you get it all to yourself how or, many people are going to kick themselves <laughs> when they hear this and go, wait, Shannon got one-on-one time I got because a, I was at home watching a Steeler game. I got a half hour of a shot. Did they at in. least win that day? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yes. So a half hour with Sean and we arranged for the two of us to get together and do a Zoom chat with him. Same way that we did with Bradford a couple of months ago. And we just had some one-on-one time with him, asking him some questions. He was so nice. He was. He was, he was very super nice. super sweet. He listened to everything because, you know, we can kind of get off track sometimes. Just a bit. And he listened to our nonsense and was totally with us. It wasn't like, yep. oh, I'm rushing through this. I said I'd give you five minutes, promote my stuff. Okay, bye, see ya. He sat there and had... It was like chatting with a friend. It was awesome. It really was. And he was actually at his friend's house yes. in California. So if you hear some background background yes. noise, I mean, he was we he even, was living his life. Yeah. He even got to say hi to his friend. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, he generously took some time out of spending the weekend at his friend's house to talk to us, which mm-hmm. is crazy. It is crazy. So we hope that you enjoy our little chat with Sean. 
You're like us. We use books and stuff. So. Is that? I'm at a friend's house, so I'm just looking around. Is that good? Oh yeah, that's perfect. Super jealous of you wearing short sleeves. It's snowing in Pittsburgh, so. Oh, what is it? It's November. It's beautiful here. I mean, actually, in San Diego right now. Okay. My dad. I just talked to my dad, who's in Newcastle. He said it was snowing. Yeah, we got um, like what was it, twenty something degrees today? Yeah. So. Oh, come on. We went from like seventy a week and a half ago to yeah, bitter. So. Wow. So are you still touring around doing the book tour and everything? I am not right now. I, uh, I'm in post-production on a new project I have, and it requires me to be here, so I can't. Uh, I have a really exciting project that's going to be dropping probably the first week in December called Studio okay. City, okay. which is a project that I created. And uh, it actually stars Tristan Rogers and okay. uh, um, <laughs> Carolyn Hennessy and Patrika Darbo. I, I play the lead. A couple other great actors, and it's it's really, really exciting, and we're just about done with the edit, and uh, going to be coming out on Amazon um, in early December, so. Awesome. Yeah, super excited about it. So it'll be on Amazon Prime? It'll be on Amazon Prime, yes. Um, Success Factor X was just voted uh, one of the 10 best self-help books of the last two decades. And I'm That's amazing. Congratulations. Like, yeah, it's exciting. So there's some cool stuff happening. Let's see. So what was the inspiration behind, you know, getting started with, I know that you and Jill had talked on your birthday and, you know, by the end of the conversation, you were writing a book. Yeah. You know, I just, I think I was in a place in my life, right? I definitely needed something to kind of re-motivate me. I was looking for something. Um, and, you know, I think, I think, in certain areas of my life, I had started to get a little bit lackadaisical. And, you know, you can't really write a book about success and not walk it like you talk it. And so, you know, as I wrote this book, there were a lot of really interesting transformations that happened in my life. One of them is I lost 30 pounds. Um, and I'm not saying it's because of the book, but I think, it, you know, writing the book, working on it and promoting it put me in a very different mindset than I had been in before. And so the book came along at a very fortuitous point in my life and helped me and the fact that it's helping other people is just fantastic too so yeah how did you choose the people for the book did you do half and Jill do half or did you both need to agree I wouldn't say it was half and half we agreed on everybody um a lot of the people we knew either I knew she knew or we both knew um some of the people were more aspirational and we reached out you know we really didn't have any no's other than people who couldn't conform to kind of the production schedule of the book because you had to, you know, you had to write a submission, you had to give us a photo and some other stuff. And a lot of these people are, you know, traveling, working a lot. They just were like, we'd love to do it. Can't do it right now. Sure. Um, but uh, we think we had a really interesting cross section of people mm -hmm. uh, from, from varied pursuits from athletic to business, to arts, to, uh inspirational and um you know I, I i couldn't be happier yeah and there was a nice spread of you know ages and genders too so that was really nice sure. to see right yeah. what story was most surprising to you like were there some people that you didn't know until you started doing the book didn't know their backstory until you started doing the book um uh, yeah there's some people i didn't know their backstory but the, the ones that for me really resonated were like my friend Steve Burton. Um, you know, you know, I've known Steve for decades. And hearing the story about his grandfather who was a was an Autolux salesman. Autolux, is that right? The, the, yeah. you know, going 
before and teaching him things at a young age was really interesting to hear that. Um, you know, my friend Jay Dobbins, who was an ex-undercover alcohol, tobacco, and firearms agent who brought down a chapter of the Hells Angels. I mean, yeah. it's just, this guy's an American hero to me. And so I think I learned a little something about all of the people in the book. Um, and that's the great thing about the book. You know, you can open it to any page. You don't have to read it sequentially, chronologically. Uh, and it's the kind of thing you can go back to again and again. So, uh, you know, I, th I, I think I learned as much as I hopefully gave from the book. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you think there's going to be maybe like a second and other editions or what we have been talking about, about was, it. you know, you can really make that into a podcast. You know, um, it's funny you say that we've, we've, we've already done half a dozen podcasts with it. Okay. And, you know, Jill and I live on opposite, uh, opposite coasts and just we're both so busy that we're trying to figure out how to do it. Um, we're trying to wait and see what happens with the next uh, printing of the book. Uh, and that's going to kind of determine what we do with the podcast. Um, but it's really interesting and fun to sit down and talk to some of the people in the book and really get an expanded perspective of their stories. Cause some of them are just all of them are fascinating, I think. Mm -hmm. And you can only, you can only um, include so much in the book, but when you get them talking and they're, not that the book isn't their own words, but you get them talking in their own words for, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes, really interesting stuff comes out. And I think that was one of my favorite parts of it was that, you know, each person only had either a page or a page back front and back. So it was yeah. a quick read too. Like it was a nice, easy, easy to digest. I think it would make a great graduation present for either high school or college. Absolutely. I think so too. Uh, you know, it's a, a great Christmas gift. They're still available on Amazon, although we are getting down to it. We're almost sold out of our first printing. That's wonderful. Um, kind of a high-end problem, and now we're figuring out how we do the second printing. And, uh, you know, when that happens, then we're hopefully going to be launching the, the podcast. But it's so many cool things have happened. Like last week um, or the week before, uh, Success Magazine uh, featured Bobby Brown, uh, the cosmetics mogul, and mm -hmm. they took her page from the book and put it in Success Magazine. So exciting. Um, you know, like I said, uh, it was just rated one of the uh, – uh, 10 best uh, self-help books in the last 20 years. Uh, so um, from the World News Network. Uh, so it's just a lot of exciting stuff going on. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we both flipped through The Modern Gentleman. Oh, cool. Hope you liked it. Yeah. Um, I know you said that you were thinking about possibly tweaking it or revamping it. This is also yeah, something I'm that I'm... Yeah, I'm thinking about re-releasing it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I had a boutique publisher and he just... He's passed away, and he just uh, wasn't really able to get it the amount of exposure that I would have liked it to have. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm talking, I'm in, I'm in discussions with um, um, re-releasing it on a bigger level because I, you know, I just, I think it's a really fun book. I think there's some great insight in it, and uh, I think a lot of people would enjoy it. So yeah, it, that's absolutely. available on Amazon too. You can, you can get the Modern Gentleman on Amazon as well. Yep, I, that's, that's exactly a, that's where I got it. One. That's a great one for grads. Yep. Well, because then I was thinking, I mean, because I know that you have a million things going on, but I'm like, that would be a great YouTube channel, you know, especially yeah. speaking to not just men, but, you know, also women. We've, But especially teens and college years, you know, because right. that is such formable times that it's like, don't be a ding dong. Here's 
how to not be a ding dong, you know, it's like <laughs> you're retitling it. I am. That's, that's the new title. <laughs> I will write your forward. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, I really liked it. I thought, did you? It was awesome. I wanted to give it, I have a 21 year old. I wanted to like read this, memorize it, learn some stuff. You know, I mean, I know the title is The Modern Gentleman, but it really is a book for women just as, as mm-hmm. much as men. I, I, um, you know, I wanted the book to help guys be better guys, but I also wanted it to give women some insight into how guys think, but not just how guys think. And, you know, it, it, this is in no way trying to play the victim card, but it's difficult for guys now. You know, we're living in the, the Me Too era. Absolutely. And, you know, guys like me, we were raised predominantly by our mothers because dad was off working, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, was lear- I was taught, um, I was learned, I was taught that you, uh, you know, you stand when a woman comes in the room, you pull out a chair, you open a door, and a lot of guys are getting out in the world and that's being met sometimes with derision, almost as if it's offensive, and it's causing confusion. It's causing cognitive dissonance for these young guys going, well, wait a minute, the most important figure, female figure in my life, my mom, taught me this is what you do, and now it's like, ah, what do I do? And you know, I talk about in the book that sort of in the 50s, you know, in the, in the sort of Ronald Reagan, John Wayne era, you know, men knew how to be men, you know, and, and they were sort of the the fixers, the alpha dogs, that sort of thing. And then as the women's movement came into play, which of course was phenomenally important, I think men got in touch more with their feminine side, with emotions, with being, I don't want to say more compassionate, but being better listeners, all that sort of stuff. And I think somewhere along the line, my generation, which was sort of in between, got caught with, well, which is it? Am I the alpha dog who's the protector or am I the you know, the, the shoulder to, you know, the listener, the show, blah, blah. And the reality is it's both. It's, it's, it's the best of both, which makes, I mm-hmm. think, the most well-rounded man. And I think it's also understanding that, you know, men and women are different. You know, yes, equality is important, but you can have equality and still have, have diversity of, 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 of who we are as, as genders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so in the book, I, I kind of wanted to teach guys how to be the best guys that they can be without being doormats uh there's a chapter called uh the modern gentleman's a nice guy but not a nice guy yeah and you know what i mean and um you know i I think i would want a guy taking my daughter out to read this book you know i I teach in the book that you know every woman is somebody's daughter somebody's mother somebody's sister to be treated with respect you know hopefully hopefully what i wrote will resonate hopefully it'll reach uh it'll reach some younger guys and help them become better men Mm -hmm. and it'll it'll reach some women and and give them a little insight into you know, some of the struggles that guys have. You know, I wrote this book right before the Me Too thing. Yeah. So I, I almost wish I had a chance to write it during that. But if I do say so myself, <laughs> there is a certain amount of um, precognition to the book because it, it almost talks a little about that in a... In a I was going to st- mention that. I'm like, you were very clear in one spot where you're like, and this does not mean this leads to, you know, things. Like, you do it because... It's it's right. a nice thing to do. It's you know, not because you want to get in her pants. Talk about you know even one of the things I talk about is well, there's a, just a little chapter about sexting. It's written totally appropriately for anyone who is you know you know I would say uh, uh, listen listen kids today are doing this in sixth and seventh grade if not earlier. Yeah, we both have not, high schoolers. It's, I don't condone it, but you know we have to at a certain point accept the reality that because of the internet, because of cell phones, etc., and Snapchat. You know, kids are much more evolved 
and have much more access to adult themed stuff than I think we did when we were kids. Definitely. Hands yeah. down, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, for us, it was hidden in drawers. You know, now it's this <laughs> type it in. You, know? you type it in, you hide it behind another app. You know, they know right. so much more than we do about technology sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Scary. Don't you hate when you're listening to a great podcast and suddenly you're interrupted by an ad? I know. Thank goodness. Stitcher lets us listen to our favorite podcasts like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, and many more ad-free for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. Use promo code PEER54 for one month free on us. So you talk a lot about, you know, ex not knowing where you were going to end up and just kind of learning from your different experiences. What was your failure that now you can look at and be grateful for? But at the time, obviously, you were devastated by. Well, listen, I mean, it, you know, it's no secret. I've, I've had past struggles with, uh, you know, alcohol and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's not something I really deal with so much anymore but in my younger days and you know i was let go from general hospital it was crushing it was utterly crushing it was crushing because i did it to myself it was crushing because i was in a very dark place at the time and really needed some help and kind of didn't know where to get it and i was largely able to pull myself out of that hole but had that not happened uh, I wouldn't have wound up on Bold and the Beautiful, which was one of the best work experiences I've ever had. Um, you know, I, I was I was divorced. Um, that was crushing at the time. But had that not happened, I never would have found my wife Michelle now, who is you know the partner that I you know dreamed of. So, you know, there's this story that I uh, I talk about. And I think a lot of people have heard it, um, and I'm I'm putting it in my new book, which is called Freeing David. And it tells the story of the, the Chinese farmer. You guys know the story? So, I think uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the long and the short of it is it's, it's we shall see. You, you never know what, what ostensibly looks to be something catastrophic in your life. You really right. don't know how it's going to shake out. It may actually wind up being, you know, a tremendous blessing in your life that you can't mm -hmm. see at the moment. And it's, it's a real hard one to digest because when something bad happens, you know, it's, it's hard to look beyond you know, the horizon. Yep. Uh, but I, I've gotten better at doing that as I've gotten older. And uh, generally speaking, in my experience, most things are never as bad as you think they are in the moment. And most things are never as good as you think they are either. And everything is in flux and passes, mm -hmm. both good and bad. You know, that change is the only constant in the universe, for yep. better or for worse. So yep. that's my my little bit of knowledge I'll drop. <laughs> no, that was good. So you quickly, we're not going to talk a lot about GH, but is there any type of a storyline that you, I mean, I'm sure that you probably didn't want to die. You know, <laughs> we weren't exactly thrilled about that either. Uh, but, um, you know, is there any storyline that, we just did this with our followers, you know, what storyline rewrite would you have? And a lot of them mentioned you actually. Like a lot of them well, said. Well, I mean, you know, I have very mixed feelings about GH. I mean, I have some very wonderful memories of it. I've got some not so wonderful memories of it. Um, mm -hmm. I was very, very honored and touched that I was able to go back after 15 years. That's a door that I thought was forever closed and a bridge that was burned. And, you know, I just, you know, am, am really grateful to Frank Valentini for bringing me back uh, for the 50th anniversary. You know, I, I think AJ, for one reason or another, has never really gotten a fair shake both as a character and, and, and subsequently 
to the actors who've played them. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen how it would have played out if AJ wasn't being used more as a device, as kind of a foil and as a mm -hmm. black sheep, allowed to have a legitimate and organic reality on the show, to have a real relationship, to, you know, I think that would have been interesting. I really would have loved to have reunited Steve Burton. Uh, yeah. You know, Steve and I had some just some great moments, I think, uh, back in the day on the show. Yeah, because he was gone uh, when you came back. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, so uh, uh, as, as far as rewrites, yeah, there was there was, there was a storyline that I had that I, I wouldn't have been on my top ten list. But, um, you know, I, I was really thankful that I got the chance to go back. It was wonderful to go back and, you know, work again with all these actors. You know, I, I was there before Maurice was. And it was great to go yeah. back and have a storyline with Maurice. You know, I, I love the guy. I think he's a terrific, he's a terrific actor and a terrific guy. And uh, even though he shot me. And, uh, you know, I mean. get, to go, get to go back and work with, uh, uh, you know, my mom, Monica. And it, it, was, it, was very, it was very special. I wish it had lasted longer. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, it was what it was. And, you know, acting is a very mercenary profession. You, know, you, you go, you, you know, you work on something. And generally speaking, with few exceptions, if you're not like, a, you know, a, a series regular on a show that's been fortunate enough to last years and years, you know, you work for a while and you move on. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the nature of the business. Yeah. So, and, and listen, I've been very, very busy since then. I've been very fortunate and blessed that I've been able to do lots and lots of other things. I've got lots of stuff coming out. I have a film coming out December 6th with Steven Seagal and DMX called Beyond the Law. So lots of good stuff. Awesome. No, we'll definitely have to check that out. So you mentioned that you do a lot of stuff. We've also read that you do a lot of charity work. I do. I try to. Yeah. My motto is I kind of try to never say no to anything. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, I, have a few, I have a few charities that I work with more than others. Um, there's a charity called, the Buddha, uh, called Buddha Bullying, which is uh, an anti-bullying charity. And I'm the young man's youth ambassador for that. And we go into schools and facilitate a dialogue um, with, with high school kids and even younger and you know what we found out is that there is a triangle. It's it's the kids getting bullied, it's the kids bullying, and it's the kids who are being affected by witnessing it. And we try and facilitate a dialogue from all sides of this triangle. And it's amazing, you know, you get these kids talking and you say, How many, how many kids have been bullied? And you know, everyone raises their hand. You say, How many kids have bullied someone? And it's amazing that kids, they, it's almost like they want to say, you know, I did it, I, I, I did, and I'm sorry. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, such, it's such a pandemic problem now with the internet because, you know, when I was a kid, if you got bullied, and I, I got bullied a lot when I was a kid, it's one of the reasons I have an affinity for this, is that through the internet, you know, you can, you can terrorize somebody's life with one keystroke. You know, when I was a kid, you got bullied, you know, during school, after school, whatever but now it's like 24 7 yeah. and it's electronic and you know I think teen suicide is like the f the fourth leading cause of death among young kids and yeah. some kids just they're getting bullied and they feel there's no other way out and it is tragic and crushing and unnecessary and you know the one thing that we talk about is if you're an adult if you're a teacher or a parent and your kid comes to you that may be the only time that they summon up the courage and choose to come to you and try and say, hey, I'm having a problem. And if it is not met and received in the way that it needs to be, bad things happen sometimes. 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm very passionate about anti-bullying. Uh, I'm really passionate about animals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my wife and I uh, spend a lot of our time in Palm Springs. We have a home down there and we work with the Palm Springs Animal Shelter, fostering animals. Uh, we're also on the, uh, the board of the, uh, the Palm Desert uh, uh, Cancer Society. Uh, so, you know, we try and stay really involved. I think it's, I think it's important to get involved and give back. I, I, I believe that service is a really important pillar in kind of having a good and healthy life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I like it. You know, it feels, I mean, it's true. It really does. It feels better to give than to get, I think. Mm-hmm. Amanda's a Girl Scout leader. That's how, actually how we met. <laughs> yeah. Our daughters were in Girl Scouts together. Okay. And I'm on the board for my daughter's school, like do a lot of volunteer work. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, that's great. We share that value too. So I think the last question that I have is, so you were a screenwriter for Chasing Holden. I was, I wrote it. Okay. Yeah. So what was Thank the inspiration you. other than Catcher in the Rye, which is one of my favorite books? So, so for the for for those people who don't know what it's about, Chasing Holden is about a young kid who's the son of the governor of New York, and he's being released from a mental institution and rematriculating back into school, and he is learning about Catcher in the Rye. I play an English teacher teaching him about it, and I pose the question to the kids in the class: What happened uh, to Holden? at the end of the book. And um, the, the protagonist of, of Chasing Holden takes it upon himself to run away with a young girl to go find J.D. Salinger and ask him the question. And in running away, he also steals a gun. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole darker sub-story where we don't know if he's actually going to assassinate J.D. Salinger. Right. Um, the, the genesis of it was a journal that I was keeping when I was in boarding school myself. And I started keeping this journal, and years later, I found it and read through it, and and that was kind of the impetus for me to uh, to write the film. You know, uh, it was a little unfortunate and bittersweet because I, I think the original script was really an A, and I think the final execution was like a B, and it okay. was because I was a young writer, a young producer. Um, I relinquished a lot of control that I wouldn't relinquish today. Mm-hmm. And had I to do it over again, I would direct it. And uh, I think it would have been a, a, a different story, but I still think it has a lot of value and there's a lot of beauty to it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, would, I would encourage anybody who uh, is able to find it on the internet to watch it. It's, it's terrific. It stars DJ Qualls and Rachel Blanchard and myself. Hi, friend. <laughs> this, is, this is Peter. I'm doing an interview. Say hi, Peter. <laughs> hi, hi, Peter. Hi. How's it going? I'm a guest Good. at Peter's place right now. Thanks for letting us borrow him for a few minutes. Yeah. We're almost done. Oh, welcome. <laughs> He's like, keep, keep him as long as you want. <laughs> so I got I to plug, plug my new project, and you guys are the yes, first yes. venue to which I have discussed it. So um, when, is, when is this interview going to run? Probably going to do it. Well, when's your new project going? And we can always... We're probably, we're probably going to drop it like the first week of December. Perfect, because but... we were thinking about doing the 5th. Because that's the Thursday after Thanksgiving. Cool. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's it's called Studio City. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title's changed, but it's it's a story I've been working on for well over a decade, and it's about uh, it's about an aging soap star who has you know spent the majority of his life in kind of C plus level fame, and he has a lot of the trappings of being successful, but he really wants more. He wants 
you know, he thinks he wants more in the form of a, a film career, but more comes along in the form of uh, a daughter that he never knew he had. And so now suddenly this guy who was this sort of single bachelor guy on TV now has to deal with a 16-year-old daughter. And uh, it's, it's, oh, it's wow. a drama, but there's a lot of funny stuff in it. Um, it stars myself, uh, Tristan Rogers, um, Carolyn Hennessy, Patrika Darbo, Sarah Brown came out of retirement to do this. Wow. So she's retired. So, yeah, she she basically she's retired. Too young to be retired. Yeah, well, she retired, and you know, I, I had to beg her to do it, and I, I I begged Sarah to do it, and she said yes. She's terrific in it. Uh, she plays my sister, and you know, we of course were were AJ and Carly together. Yeah. God, there's some other terrific actors in it, you know, and it's it's a drama, but it's got some definite humor in it. Um, what we've done is we've decided to release it uh, as a web series. Uh, so far, so we're going to release six 10-minute episodes. It's called Studio City. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. Uh, and I just hope everyone's going to watch it because I think it's really terrific. I'm super proud of it. My producing partner and the director is a guy named Tim Woodward Jr. And Tim is an unbelievable director. He's probably done 15 films in the last two and a half years. Um, he directed the Steven Seagal film that I'm in right now. Um, he's just just a force to rec be reckoned with and you know this thing looks terrific i mean I i'm not knocking any other any other web series out there but i mean this looks like a, a feature film um awesome. it's just it's gorgeous to look at the acting's great really emotional and i hope everyone will, will give it a chance and let us know what they think absolutely thank yeah. yeah we will well thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it well i'm glad we finally got a chance to do this <laughs> but it was yeah. a pleasure to see both of you and I, I hope we get a chance to do this again at some point okay that'd be great yeah, yeah thank okay, you guys right. take, take care, care. Bye. Thanks, everyone bye. <laughs> bye. bye okay so there it was it was awesome talking to him was awesome what was your favorite part obviously the gh stuff just because I mean, we, that's how we know him exactly so, that's so. what this podcast is about but i really just liked how open and honest he was about everything. And even when he was talking about all of his new adventures that he's in, it wasn't just like self-promoting, talking just to talk. You could hear that he believed in every project that he was doing and that his heart was really in it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, just all the different things that he has done over the years. And I just think it's great that he does so many independent type things. Yeah. You know, he... He doesn't try to typecast himself, even though, unfortunately, he has been. Right. You know? No, like he's willing to pay, play any variety of character. But not just that. Like, he's been an author. You know, he mm -hmm. has those books. And, and this week, he has that series coming out on Amazon Prime that he said it's called Studio City, but it might have a different name. So maybe just look up Sean Kanan. Right. Because we're recording it before the release date would have been. And we did try to Google it and weren't able to find anything. So... By the time this is released, it'll probably be on there. Right. And you can go to the Search by Actor. Amazon should sponsor us. They should. <laughs> we might have them all the so time. happy. Have you seen the meme that says, here comes Amazon, here comes Amazon, <laughs> no, right down but that the driveway? It's very appropriate because I think that's what everyone did. Everyone that I know did for Black Friday shopping. It was just Amazon did all day long. It's helped so much. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It was great to be able to just talk to another one of our... I love how down-to-earth him and Bradford were. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I was a little starstruck, to be honest, when the conversation started. And he was just, yeah, having a conversation with a friend. Well, and I think part of it, too, is that when he 
I mean, we both started watching GH like over 20 something years ago and we were hormonal teenagers at the time. <laughs> so we kind of had the little, ah, what are you doing? You were in my about? team beat. <laughs> right. going oh on, you know? <laughs> and now to be adults and he's talking about how old he is and we're talking, I'm like, no, we're not this old. Come yeah. on. But I no. know when he was talking about the gentleman book and we're like, oh, we have sons. They can totally read that. Blah, blah, blah. I felt really old. Right. Absolutely, because we were younger than our kids went. Oh, oh go okay. <laughs> All right, that's so, enough. So it was great to talk to him. It was. And we're going to try to find someone else to talk to next. Yes, so, I can't wait. We'll see. Yeah, that was two in two in less than six months. Wow. All right, that's it. Yep. All right, have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer54Podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.